0: Welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Akev, and in this Parasha we, we are told again about the, about the incident of the manna in the desert. The manna was this very special food that was given to the Jewish people, it was like this miraculous food that came from heaven, and it came to them every day, the exact amount they needed to be nourished during their 40 years in the desert. So the manna was known as bread from heaven, known as lehem le min hashamayim, and it's in fact, when they used to eat it, before they ate it, they did the bracha, the blessing, hamotzi lehem min leshamayim, hashamayim, and not hamotzi lehem min haritz. So, what was so special about this food? What was the qualities of the manna? and what practical lessons are there for us to learn from this. Uh, from this. Uh, we know that the Torah is not only a nice story to be read, but in reality it's an instruction on our avodah to, to Hashem, on our service to God. So the Rebbe Lubavitch, he explains that the manna was given to us only during a very short time of, of, um, of Jewish history. If you see, Jewish history is thousands of years old. And the manna was something that only was there for 40 years. It fed the Jewish people during 40 years in the desert while they lived in the desert and while they journeyed in the desert. So Hashem gave it to them as a preparation for the real world. This this food was really a test. Hashem was testing them through this food and we know that as long as they were in egypt they were really not serving god you know they were in survival mode they were trying to survive they were overworked they were mistreated they had a very rough time the torah was not given to them by then and in reality the last thing the jews had in their mind in the times of egypt was how they were going to serve god so we see that this manna is this, this um, miraculous food was a very special food, it was a food that when ingested, the person didn't have any waste from this food, because whatever they ate was exactly what the body needed. Hashem would send each person exactly what they needed, he wouldn't send them a little more or a little less, he would send each person according to what they needed, and the body would absorb this food completely it would all be absorbed into the body, and so there was no waste from this food. It's, it's, as a matter of fact, in the times of the desert, people didn't go to the bathroom, and this is how mi- miraculous it was, and it was because this food didn't create waste. It was completely absorbed in the in the body, and the water they drank from Miriam's well as well was the same the same thing. Whatever they drank was exactly what the body needed. It was never it never went into into waste. So in the times of the desert, they had really an incredible experience because people didn't have to wash their clothes. They never got dirty. Uh, they grew, the clothes grew with them. Uh, they didn't have to cook. They didn't have to clean. They didn't have to do all these things that are actually part of our daily existence. And so, since the mana was this perfect food, which has been unknown to science, there has been no scientific study of the mana, it had everything the human body needed. Everything. So, the Rebbe explains that the period in the desert, the 40-year per- period, was a preparation for the Jewish people uh, to be able to enter the land of Israel. So these 40 years in the desert was actually like, um, like a, a training program for them, in which they were getting ready to come into the, into the land of Israel, and in order to understand this, we have to understand some of the unique qualities of the manna. And the first quality of this miraculous food is that it would produce all tastes, except those tastes that would be ter- detrimental to a pregnant woman or a nursing mother. So a person would crave sushi, for example, and the food would taste like fu- like sushi. This food would acquire the taste that a person was craving. And so another feature of the manna was that it kept for only one day. Uh, Hashem would send every day the amount that that person needed, exactly the amount that that person needed to survive, and uh, not more, no, no less, if a person would aqua- go and pick up extra mana, thinking okay maybe it's not gonna rain tomorrow, this mana would just uh, rot and worms would come out of it, and the only day that Hashem didn't send the manna to the Jewish people was on Shabbat, and on Friday he would send the, a double portion of the manna. So this is one of the reasons why we put two challah rolls on Shabbat on the table, is to remember the double portion of manna that Hashem sent the Jewish people. So another unique feature of the manna it is that it fell like rain it fell like rain it came down from heaven and every morning they found it lying out in the ground it was covered with um with uh with a, a light rain and uh as it fell and it says in the midrash that also jewels precious stones fell with the manna so not only people got their food but they became rich from the all these jewels that fell with it so so life in the desert seems to have been very easy it seemed that people didn't have to really do a lot to survive and god himself declares that his intention with the manna was to test us it was an isayon. it was a test and when you want to know what a person's true capacities are you have to put him through his his paces if a person has an easy life you never know what his true strengths are So we see that this testing of the manna was a way of preparing the Jewish people for the main challenges that they were going to face ahead once they entered the land of Israel. The manna was a way of testing the Jewish people, of testing their faith in Hashem in two different directions. So sometimes people look at difficulties in life as a punishment, this is the usual A perception of difficulties and suffering in life. People see it like, okay, it's a punishment. I did something horrible, and Hashem must be punishing me. But according to Hasidut, according to to Hasidut, this is not the the approach that we take. Hasidut is a more loving way of looking at life, and the way that a a Hasidic person looks at a test as a a challenge or an obstacle in their lives is that they're seeing an opportunity for growth this is how we see it so yes there's there's actually a person does something wrong in his life and part of the suffering in this world is part of cleaning whatever he did it is true it's not that it's a wrong way of thinking it's a correct way of thinking but as he do, twists it a little bit and, he's, and they say, and they teach, Hasidut teaches, that a person when he's confronted with a difficulty in life, in reality he shouldn't eh, see it as, as a punishment, he should see it as an opportunity to grow, and to raise himself up to a higher level. So Hashem would like, would like him to bring out his emuna. Hashem wants a person to bring out his faith in God, and trust in God, and his love for his fellow Jew. So, whenever you're confronted with a challenge or an opportunity to grow, instead of of giving yourself so hard, just think, okay, Hashem wants me to get closer to him, Hashem wants me to be a kinder person, Hashem wants me to be a more loving human being, wants me to do more mitzvot, wants me to bring out the best in me. And so, so we see that the, that where the answer is perhaps that Hashem wants us, Hashem definitely wants us to work on a certain trait and that we would never work on if we're not put to the test. So you know sometimes a difficulty Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're a short-tempered type of person, and Hashem sends you a person that is very slow, a child that is very slow, and he's not uh, one, two, three, and maybe this child is a little lazy, and he's a little this, and he sends you this type of person to live with you, so you can control your temper. And so this test, this Nisayon, can generally be classified into groups there are nisayons of poverty and there's nisayons of, of wealth and um, both in the spiritual and in the material world and there, and, and we see that this, um, this uh, mana actually was a test of poverty and a test for wealth it was both and so the Rebbe explains that uh, that when a person has wealth more than other people, they're endowed with such an intellectual wealth could look like a person that is wealthy. This person will fall into, into being arrogant. He can become very arrogant. A person that grows up in a privileged home, privileged life, privileged everything, they have the nicest clothes, the good car, the nice house, the nice vacations, can grow up to become very arrogant, and that is the test. The test is that a person can come and and work on himself and realize, that's why it's a test of faith, of faith and bitahon and trust in Hashem, that a person that is given all this wealth has to come to the point where he becomes humble. This is the test. The test is to become humble, and to acknowledge that the wealth that he has, in reality, was given to him by by God. Hashem gave him that. You know, you see people in life that are very, very, <clears throat> eh, they're very rich. They're very rich, and they feel they made themselves. They really are convinced that they are rich because they have it. They have it all. They have the brains. They have the looks. They have the know-how. They have the smart they they went to the best college they had the best education or they are street smart and they think that because of this this is why they have their wealth but a true Tahon, a true person of trust understands that the wealth is not he didn't make the wealth the wealth was given to him by god hashem is the one that makes him wealthy and uh, and that a person with privilege uh, according to rabbi bahia even Pakuda in the, in the book, The, the Gate of Trust, the Duties of the Heart, he teaches us that the more privileged a person is, the more responsible he is in life. Like the more privilege Hashem gives you, it doesn't mean that you're better than the rest of the world. What it means is that Hashem is expecting more from you. So if a person becomes very rich, uh, Baruch Hashem, a person is wealthy, then this wealth is not there to make him arrogant and buy the biggest yacht and have all the most expensive things, but to use that wealth to better the world, to make educational institutions, to feed poor people, to educate people in Torah, to to do things that are good for the world. And that is the, the test of wealth, the test of wealth is that a person should become humble And not become arrogant. And so we see that the the test of poverty, the test of poverty is a is a very difficult test. The test of poverty, when a person, God forbid, a person struggles to make ends meet, and he tries this business and he tries that business and he goes here and he goes there and he can't make it. It's so hard. You know that the test of poverty is to accept um, with love. Is to accept Hashem's decrees with love. So we don't have the whole picture. We don't know the big picture. This is for me. Bitachon is like to say trusting Hashem is like okay. I don't see it all. I don't know it all. I don't understand everything. But in reality, Hashem is a is a very righteous. Um, God, and he's not going to give suffering to someone that doesn't need the suffering. If a person has to go through suffering in life, it's because there's something in him that needs to go through that process. Uh, It can be that that person had in a past life, he did something that he has to pay it in this world. So instead of paying in, in the next world, Hashem makes him go through this test of suffering of poverty eh, so he can cleanse whatever he needs to clean but when a person understands this and understands that it's not random that it's not in a vacuum that it's not that he has bad luck not it's not that he's eh, you know they say there's people who are born eh, with a star and then you have people that are born crashed it's not that. You cannot see it like that. You have to see it that when a person has to go through certain, um, certain challenges in life, that he has to go through certain very painful things in life, he has to see and understand that really it comes from a loving place from God. It comes from a place of Hashem wanting you to be the best you can be. That's what it is, really. And so when we take it into heart, and we are accepting of it, accepting of our suffering, and saying, okay, I I accept it with love, this is part of my mission in life is to get through this and to bring the best out of me in whatever situation I am, then that is the test of poverty. And so we see that we have these two tests according to the Rebbe, that are given to us with this, uh, with this manna, with this food of heaven, you see that there were people in the, in the desert that they, they had such pitajon, they had such trust in Hashem, that when the manna reigned, on, on, on the morning, they didn't have to even go out and look for it. It would rain right in front of their of their door, doorpost. It's like when your your Amazon package comes and it's exactly in front of your door, that's how it was. They didn't have to go out and look for it. And you have people that the, the guy, the mailman cannot come with the package to the front of your door, you have to go to a UPS store and go and pick it up. So the people that had the least, the least Bitajon, the people that were like the least bitajón, they had to go out and they had to go and look for it. And if people were, were were greedy and they wanted to have more, like, okay, maybe tomorrow we're not gonna have, maybe tomorrow it's not gonna come, and they were taking extra, 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 this, this maná would really rot and that was they wouldn't have it. It would rot. Because this test of the mana really is to show you that Hashem is the one that gives us everything. He gives us the the riches, He gives us the poverty, and at the end of the day, whatever He gives us is what we need. A person sometimes has to go through this test of of wealth because he has to become a humble human being. And Hashem sends it to him because He's giving that person the opportunity to be humble, to become humble and he's not a humble human being. And then the person that goes through the test of poverty has to really accept that Hashem wants the best for him, accept with love whatever Hashem is sending. And so we see that, that this is a very powerful uh, insight of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in which we are given these, these two options of looking at wealth. Uh, both spiritual and uh, physical wealth, because you see, there's many people that are so rich, so rich, so rich, that they're really very poor. You see, they have the house, they have the car, they have the yacht, they have the plane, they have the vacations, they have the nicest clothes, the nicest handbag, but inside they're poor, they're depressed, they're sad, they don't know how to share with the world, they don't know how to help other people. And they're poor. They have a poor soul. And then you see people that go through life with such hardships. They have such hardships, but they're rich. They're rich in their neshamas. You know, uh, it's interesting. You see people. I I have traveled a lot, and I have experienced uh, eating at different homes when I'm away. And sometimes you come to a house where people are very very you know they're not rich they're very simple people they live in a simple way but nevertheless they open their home to you They, they give you everything they have if they only have three pieces of chicken they give them to you and they'll eat the bread you know they have this 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 want of giving to others and sometimes you go to a person's house that they have all this wealth and they're the most stingy people ever so in reality this is something to think about and, um, and there's a story to finish off about a person that wanted a donation so he came to a, a rich man's house and the rich man said it's winter come in don't, don't get cold come in close the door come in I'll, 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 I'll give you your donation and the poor man stood in the door and he says no you come out you come out I want you to experience the freezing cold that I'm experiencing. Because if I go inside and in the warmth of your home, you're not gonna have empathy for me. You're not gonna feel what I feel. So I want you to come out and see what I'm feeling, see what's going on outside. And this is this is what what w- the rich man has to become humble. There's another story that was told by the Cotser Rebbe of a man that went to him a very rich man he said to him i'm so proud Rebbe. i'm so proud i've become a very simple man and the Rebbe looked at him says a very simple man explain to me he says yeah during the week i only eat bread and drink water that's all i eat on shabbat i'll have my nice meal but on the week i only drink water and eat bread and the kotzka Rebbe looked at him and said what are you doing and when a poor person comes to you because they're hungry what are you going to give them bread and water because you feel this is enough for them no Hashem didn't make you to, to eat bread and water Hashem made you to have a nice meal and, and, and enjoy what you have so when a poor person comes to you you know what this person is craving to eat and you're going to be generous when you give so yes this is the test and we have to really understand what they mean and god willing by fulfilling their service to hashem in whatever spectrum of life you are hashem will bring mashiach finally and we all will be able to experience the true richness of the world so i wish you a blessed week and remember live a little higher thank you